<laughs> All right. Welcome back to you, Buds with Beers. John here with my boy Justin, leading in with that uh, big old rip. How's uh, how's the week going, Justin? Oh man, the week's uh, week solid. I don't know. Daylight sa- daylight savings time was like I was looking forward to it, and then I feel I don't know. You did you feel off today? Uh, I have the opposite. I kind of forgot about it and was not expecting it, and I feel amazing today. It's so bright out, so sunny. Yeah. Days are longer. I, I can't complain. I'm stoked about the daylight. It's still it's still beautiful and uh, full of light out there right now. Um, I was looking out the window, but it rained all day today, so maybe that's that's probably more so my funk than than daylight. It's just it's fucking rained all day. It sucked. I think maybe you confuse yourself too, because you text me the other day and you're like, get an extra hour, but you don't in the spring, right? You lose an hour. What do you mean? We got an extra hour. It's daylight right now. Well, you get an extra hour of daylight, but you lose an hour of your life. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, maybe maybe I psyched myself out. Was that what you're thinking? I was excited about the extra hour of daylight, but in reality, we lost an hour of sleep. Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. I think. Well, that I'm all sorts of fucked up then. Yeah. Yeah, you, pre- well, you prepped wrong. I guess so. You, yeah. you got yourself all psyched up, and then... The earth couldn't deliver. Fucking mother nature, man. You have to no, try it again a, next year. It was a rainy son of a gun today. It wasn't It wasn't that fun. Um, I had a walking tour today, though. That was cool. Yeah? How many peeps? I, uh, just two. Just two. But uh, they were super cool. I made a change to the tour. I I had a – well, first off, I had a four-star, four-star Matthew uh, guest – uh, who wrecked my streak, pissed me off. So I was like, I need to make this tour better. Like, why did this asshole leave me four stars? That was so, your first four uh, star? Yeah. Like, after, you... even 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 with uh, the golf carts, like, I was probably 20 for 20 on fives in this dickhead. Did you reach out to him and be like, hey? Dude, I literally, uh, I literally did everything. I fucking... Uh, he didn't message. He didn't message back. Like I send, I send messages when people book, and then I send a message like an hour before the tour, just checking in. And uh, he didn't respond to any of it. Just showed up to the tour, which is whatever. He showed up, but then asked a shit ton of questions, uh, like nonstop throughout the whole tour. And you know, I did my best to answer everything he asked, and was accommodating, and you know, offered to, you know send me a text if you guys got any questions or you, you need anything the rest of your time. And like, I automatically send out like a template that has a list of recommendations and like shit that we talked about on the tour so they can reference. And, uh, yeah, he just fucking like literally only an hour after the tour too, uh, left the review, left four stars and said like six words, like the minimum six, six words you have to leave in a review and then did four stars. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What were the but, six uh, words that he said? It was like very, very accommodating to tourist needs, uh, very knowledgeable, and that was it. Really? So it, it tells you who gave you the four star? Or are you just assuming it was him? No. Oh yeah, you can see. I mean, you see his name there, Matthew, and it's four stars. Luckily, they put it all the way to the bottom, so like all my five stars still show up when you search my page. But now I'm a four point nine instead of a instead of a five. I might can build back up, but I'll never be a five again. Never. Well, uh, when I get to Denver. But that, that's honestly, though, that's why I did it here in Nashville to, you know, get some bumps and bruises and learn some shit. So anyways, I added uh, so I, I raised my price 
and now I give everyone a, a gift card for the ice cream shop where we end the tour, so the tour ends with the ice cream. So it's like if you're gonna leave fucking four stars and you got an ice cream cone in your hand, you're a dick. <laughs> wow, man, you went all out. That sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, well, you got to come out, bro. You got to come out and get you on a on a tour. Well. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't have to go into all this now, but the last proposed option was me coming out the day that you guys leave and road tripping with you. So I'd have to come before enough time for you to give me a tour at least. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to. Uh, we gotta have a follow up combo on that, maybe after the pod and figure it out. Cause uh, yeah, it'd be fun to do do a podcast on the road, Kansas edition. Yeah, do one uh, while we're driving. I'd for sure be down for that. But I'm still interested in this. Uh, I didn't know that it like showed you who rated you what. So yeah, I see. I see your review. Like I see what you said, and and that it's a four star review. Really? Yeah. So you could go fuck this guy up if you were really like butthurt about it. Um, I mean, in what way? Like, like you, you. It probably says the city that he's in. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd have to go probably search the streets to find him. I don't think I'd get his address. And I don't think I want to take it that far. Like, if I'd see him in the streets, like in Nashville, I'd probably, you know, I'd fuck him up. What if it was like a, if you <laughs> Well, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing is like a four star. Like, what the fuck, man? You were a four star guest. You were, you didn't message me. You didn't, uh, you're asking all these damn questions. Yeah. No, because like you said, like, you're, you're never, ever going to get that back. You'd have to do, what ten thousand uh and have nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine be i mean i guess it depends on how how many decimal places they display with your stars too yeah i don't know how i don't know how generous they are but it's all good i don't think i don't think it'll transfer to denver but so does that make you want to uh want to gear up more when you get to denver and and really like because you're gonna have to put in some time even though you can research before you get there like you're gonna have to walk around and put in some hard time some recon time yeah yeah it's gonna be fun though i don't know i'm excited about it i haven't really put i haven't put a timeline on it just because from a distance like this i just don't want to put too much pressure on it but who knows I, maybe by the summertime i'll be able to put something together and be confident enough you know i'm gonna have to lie like i'm not gonna say like oh, i just moved here two months ago i'm a tour guide you know i'm gonna have to make up some shit that's viable i don't know two years two years is a good starting point I've lived here two years just say you're born and raised. They're not gonna ask for your birth certificate. Try and yeah, model out your accent. It's about managing expectations, you know. If you say you're from here, they're really gonna fire away with the questions, you know. Wow, that's true. I never thought of that. Wow. Do you have any like gimmicks with your tour aside from the ice cream? Uh, yeah, we go to uh, we go down to the municipal auditorium um we wrap around and at the box office they have they have wallpaper uh on that outside wall it's like ceramic i don't know what fucking material it is it's on the wall um but it's all the old old ticket stubs like blowing up of all the artists that have performed there over the years and this auditorium has been here since 1962 so it's like really cool to get a picture taken there uh but i bring my bluetooth speaker and that's kind of like our halftime and i tell them to pick whatever artist on there and we jam out for a little bit and then we walk by, and then we walk by the bus station, which is kind of like a shitty stretch to walk through. But it's funny because we're jamming out to whatever they pick. You know, it's kind of cool. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun. 
So. Yeah. So aside from this motherfucker dropping four stars, how else is your week, bud? Uh oh, I got I got more work stories. I didn't even anticipate telling that one that I just told, but uh, oh. four star Matthew. Uh yeah, I have a I have a variety of stories to tell. I have one that is uh it's a funny journey, and then the other one is just sheer disappointment. Disappointment first. You know the disappointment first. Yeah, gotta end on a happy note. Um. So what was it yesterday or the day before? It doesn't matter. I was on a, I was on a brewery <laughs> tour, brewery and distillery tour. <laughs> okay. And uh, that was going well. That was fun. Um, went to a couple of breweries, couple couple of distilleries, but my boss texts me halfway through it, and he's like, "Hey, I've got I've got a monster truck tour for you, uh, fourteen people." Um, at 3.30. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be done at 3.30. Like, I'll be a little bit late. Um, I'll tell him I'll be there at like 3.45 or 4. So he sent me their contact info, and I, I hit him up when when I had a little break. And I was like, cool, excited to see you guys. You know, I'll pick you up at 3.45. Text me as it gets closer and let me know, like, your pickup location, yada, yada. So finish up the I finish up the brewery tour and race my ass back to, you know, back to headquarters where all the carts and stuff are. And, uh, turn the card in, walk through the office. My manager is, uh, he's like, oh, they're outside in the truck right now. Uh, the owner and the mechanic, I guess like the wiring got fucked up on like the bed of the truck. And I don't know if I, I don't think I've told any other stories of this company, but like they're a shit show. Like the, the golf carts are like in terrible condition. Like on, honestly, a lot of times I'm scared to work cause it's like, I just don't know if this golf cart's going to fall apart. <laughs> like they're just so worn down and shitty. Um, but anyway, so they're back there working on the wiring and I don't have any time to spare. Like I quoted these girls, you know, I'd be there at three 45 and this is, it was already like three 35. So I was like, yo, I'm going to be late. And, uh, you know, they're texting me. They're like, Oh, should we leave the bar and go to the liquor store to get booze? And mind you, it was like overcast the other day and it was like kind of like scattered showers. And I was like, yeah, that'll be perfect. Like that'll kill a little bit of time. They can go get booze. I'll pick them up at the liquor store. We'll be ready to go. So keep texting me back and forth. And every time I'm just like, should be leaving here in 10. They're wrapping it up. Like they're almost done. And like back and forth. Next thing I know, I'm like, I'm literally 35 minutes late. And they're like, you know, they're already talking about discount and stuff. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so sorry, guys. Like, we'll give you a discount for sure. Like, I'm so sorry this is happening. And uh, literally didn't leave until I was 40 minutes late. Like they they didn't even fucking fix it. So like I was riding out there and like the music was playing. I was like, oh, OK, we're good. And I go to pick them up at this point. They had walked to their apartment and it's literally so it's what were the numbers? It was a mom and dad and then like three dudes and then like nine chicks. And it was a 20 21st birthday party. So like I load them up like the, this truck's jacked up. So you got to take a ladder to get back into the bed of the truck. So I let everyone up there. You know, I got to close the gate and I go up to the top and like, you know, smoothing things over like, guys, so sorry, you know, 45 minutes late, like this sucks, but don't worry, we're going to, we're going to make up for it. We're going to have an awesome time. Uh, we got everything ready to go. And as I'm like talking and smoothing things over, I could hear the speakers just kind of like fading in and out and like getting scratchy. I'm like kind of getting nervous, close up, get in the bed of the truck through the cab window. Um, the girl hands me her phone to play music they had a playlist ready i was like all right cool unplug my phone plug it in and fucking silent dude 
no music, nothing coming out. I can't get this shit to work. I'm stressing out in the front seat. And I text my boss. I'm like, dude, this is a nightmare. The audio's skipping in and out. And he calls me right away. Um, pick up the phone. He's like, oh, the other truck's in. The one that was out on tour, you know, when we were supposed to leave is now back at the shop. He's like, I'll meet you. I'll meet you down the road at the bar and we'll swap trucks. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. So I go lean back, talk to everyone in the bed of the truck. I'm like, Guys, I'm sorry. I I don't own this company. I just work here. It's a bit of a shit show right now. Uh, my boss is coming with the other truck. We're just going to swap real quick. We'll get you guys in there and have a good time. And they're like, okay, okay. So I take off, go to around the corner. I've probably got like a mile, maybe a three quarters of a mile to meet my boss. And uh, silent. Like th there's no music. So it's like it's so fucking awkward, dude. I'm like, this is terrible. Um, and I get to the stoplight. Yeah, right, bro. I, I ain't got no pipes. I can't sing. So anyways, they ended up they ended up canceling. Like I heard them when they were at the stoplight, like kind of murmuring back there. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this is terrible. And it was I mean, at this point, we're an hour late from our start time, hour plus. And they had dinner plans at seven o'clock. So like literally and it was cold as fuck. It was rainy. Um, but yeah, they're like, we're over it. We just want to cancel. Like, are you, can we get a refund? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, what a fucking disaster. So literally, uh, that was, that was 300 bucks just, just in my hand. It just fell right through my fingertips. Wait, you don't still get paid for it? I mean, you showed up and were there. I mean, I don't know, dude. The, the bot, the manager said like, yeah, I don't know. He said, like, we'll take care of you. Like, we'll compensate you. But I'm like, are you really going to give me 300 bucks? I fucking doubt it. You know, I, I doubt they will. But it's kind of is what it is. I'll, yeah. I'll get one soon. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a luxury that I'm only doing this job part time because they kind of, I don't want to say they screw their tour guides over, but like their full time guys take less money. Like they, they work for, because right now I'm just a 1099, but these guys work like as employees. So like they pay them like, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour. And then they get to keep their tips mm -hmm. for all this stuff. Whereas like for me, my I'm set up as like a 50, 50. So like if they throw me a fucking a big birthday party like that, you know, I'm getting half that. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's another big fish out there soon for me. Gotcha. Well, shit, man, that's a bummer. Let's hear a, let's hear a happy story to, to even that one out. Uh, I don't know. It's happy. It's funny. It's, it's a funny, uh, funny story. I had a guy fall off, fall off the golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> was that guy you? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Uh, he didn't fall. He didn't fall out. He, uh, I guess he fell out. The cart wasn't moving. I pulled, I pulled over to drop him off. Um, just to give context. So this, this was an older dude that had called like our dispatch. So we have a dispatch line that calls like the drivers that are out there and can do like point to point kind of taxi service. And like, that's what I do when I don't have tours. I'm just like cruising around seeing if people need rides or if I can sell them on a tour. So, uh, the phone rings, he's like, Oh, I'm at, I'm at the Moxie hotel. Uh, I don't, I don't want to do a tour. Uh, he was from Minnesota too. He was from, is it Dinah? I don't know. Some suburb of the cities, uh, kind of reminded me of, of my old man a little bit, just kind of like older dude. Like my dad doesn't walk with a cane, but this guy had a cane and like a knee brace on. And he was, he was pretty funny, but he was like, I don't want to go on like a tour, but I, like, I just want to go get some drinks. Like, can you pick me up and drop me off? And then, and then I call you and you pick me up and drop me off again. I'm like, 
I said, yeah, I guess, man. I just work for tips. So you tip me. Like, yeah, let's go. So I pick the guy up. You know, he's got his cane and his brace. And I get him in the golf cart. He sits up shotgun with me because, like, he didn't have the leg in the backseat. What's up? What's up? Someone's fucking up with the audio, I think. Oh, really? Now it's better. All right. Maybe I just need to be closer. Yeah. Yeah, so I pick him up and – you know, take him on this little little bar crawl, and he he gets in the car. He rides shotgun with me because like there's not enough leg room uh, in the back. So we're riding in the front together. Um, I didn't even try and get him to put a seatbelt on because it's such a hassle to fucking get it around. I was like, we'll just go slow and hold on, hold in. So I took him, uh, I took him, dropped him off on Broadway, and then literally within like 12 minutes, like he's calling me back. He must just go in there and pound these beers. Like, all right, on to the next. Like he went on a pub crawl in like 16 minutes. Uh, <laughs> But so I pick him up on Broadway and he's like, well, where, where should I go in Printer's Alley? I was like, well, I'll drop you off right there. You know, you, you can go you can go to Alley Taps. It's my one of my favorite places. Or you can go up the street. And uh, I pull to the intersection and like you're going down the hill and then Printer's Alley, you go, get into that intersection. And I pulled over like to the to the on ramp to like not on ramp, but like, you know, where the curb comes when the curb comes down. So. I had to like turn my wheels a little bit into the curb and like hold on to the brake. And as he's getting out, he takes one step out and then hooks his foot on the way out and like literally transforms into a turtle. It was actually pretty remarkable. He had a very <laughs> graceful fall where he like turtle shelled and like rocked back and forth on his back for a second. But these golf carts are so shitty. Like I said before, I don't trust the brakes on this thing and I can't get the parking brake to lock. So like, he fell out and kind of like did this like, you know, tumble fucking turtle shell thing. And I'm like, fuck, dude. So I, I can't get, take my foot off the brake because the cart's going to roll because I'm downhill. So I'm like trying to reach out with my foot on the brake and help him up. Luckily, there was a construction worker up there who like helped help the three of us or helped the two of us get him back in. And he was fine, but he had like he had like a gross, like pretty big raspberry on his forearm and his arm was bleeding. And uh, he's like, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, man, it's all right. It's not a big deal. Like he was kind of like pissed off at himself. You could tell he was, he was cussing at himself under his breath. I'm like, man, it's it's chill, dude. It's all good. Like there's a, there's a Walgreens right up the street. Like let's go get some stuff. We'll get you bandaged up and back at the bar, man. It's not a big deal. Uh, so I picked him up or I got him back into the cart. We're making our way around to Walgreens, and he's like. He's like, oh, I, I got a first aid kit in my truck. Just just take me to my truck. I'm like, okay, we'll go to your truck. So it's back on the other side of Broadway, like a bit of a trek. And uh, we get in front of the hotel, like, to go to the parking lot where his truck is. He's like, oh, I don't have my keys, man. I don't have my keys. So I had to turn around and take a, take him to the fucking hotel. At this point, I'm just like, dude, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. This fucking, this is a nightmare. <laughs> but before before I could say anything, he's like, wait here. So I'm fucking sitting there in the car waiting for this guy to come back down. And then he comes down with band-aids and stuff. And he's like, can you help me? <laughs> I'm like, you got gloves or anything, man? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, he's like got a wrapper and like towel, like wiping the fucking blood off of his arm. And I'm like, this is fucking terrible, dude. I do not want to be here at all. So I open, like I open up the band-aids for him and like help him get bandaged up. And, uh, Ended up taking taking them all around. I mean, he, he hooked me up. He was pretty funny, but it was, uh, you know, didn't anticipate. You never anticipate what your day is going to be like, uh, you know, in this job. It's just kind of silly. 
Damn. But, That's funny. Uh, I wish you had, do you have like videos on the card or anything? Like security, like GoPros or anything? Wouldn't that be great? I, w- I wish. That'd be fun to do a, like, not like a cash cab, but like a, you know, something where people know they're being recorded. And uh, you would get such good footage here in Nashville. I mean, it's just a fucking, it's a zoo, dude. People come down here just to get lit. Like, they don't, you come to Nashville to just get fucked up and not care about anything. It's, it's silly. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of equate it to like a cleaner New Orleans because I feel like that's what New Orleans is like. People just go to New Orleans to get fucked up. Yeah, I don't go. I, I, I'm not on Broadway after after dark. Like that's just fucking just crazy place. I can't do it. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't mess with it. The sun goes down. I'm I'm done for the day. Getting old, man. Can't hang. Yeah, I've got more valuable shit to do than deal with that mess. <laughs> Yeah, you could start uh, start like Uber or lifting uh, at bar clothes, taking those people home. God, you honestly, I don't. You couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> Make me an offer, I'll probably turn it down. Yeah, I've uh, I've known some streets like that in my day. Are people just like all all over the place, like walking out in the street, like can't get through? Yeah, it's just I don't know. Like I said, it just feels like one of those places where people come here to just act their worst, you know, just act a fool throw all their cares away which is which is you know i mean i guess you have to do that sometimes you gotta be it's healthy to cut loose and have a good time but man living living in that city sometimes it's like you're just exposed to that all the time you know you're like fuck people are <laughs> people are assholes <laughs> well there's just yeah there's just every like i mean i'm excited for you to come here and, and see it man it's it's pretty wild like literally you know, we call it we call it a transportainment industry here in Nashville, and it's like any vessel you can imagine being hauled around on to get fucked up. Like we've got we've got a big ass red tractor that hauls this party wagon that like serves booze, and like they just go up and down the streets and just jam the fuck out. There's there's a hot tub trailer, so there'll be there'll be girls in a hot tub just driving around Broadway or driving all around downtown Nashville, just like partying and woo like that's like the fucking yeah, that's all you hear in a hot tub um no joke in a hot tub it's a hot tub trailer that this truck pulls Jesus. and then they've got like a they've got like old like big ass army artillery that like the the beds you can party in it's called hell on wheels and they've got like all this fucking crazy shit it's nuts like pedal taverns are tame here like that's like the tame thing really yeah oh man that sounds epic I'm going to have to uh, practice up a few weeks before I come down to visit you, get my alcohol tolerance back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a bummer, man. I feel like COVID and our last year here in Nashville has just kind of been like, I mean, obviously everyone's going through it, but it was was a year that we were really looking forward to having, you know, people be able to come out. But obviously this year has just been hectic with making those plans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'd be a long, that'd be a long uh, road trip for you though, dog. If you come out here, because you would what a, fl- a flight from Bend's got to be five hours, you'd think six hours to Nashville. Probably it was like four to Denver. So okay. yeah. And then we'd have I think it's an eighteen-hour drive, eighteen or sixteen, something like that. Break it into a couple of days. You'd be a you'd be a rambling man, dude. That sounds good, dude. I haven't uh, I haven't had a good road trip in a long time. 
We'll probably get walkie-talkies. Sarah, Sarah be driving the car. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could do that. Make it a con. Could make do, it a convoy. Could, could do a boys-only thing and just make the make the girl drive separate. Nah, she well, wouldn't. We'll, she wouldn't go. She wouldn't fly for that, bro. <laughs> we'll figure out logistics when it gets closer. Yeah. What? Uh, give me give me your recap. What's your week like? Oh, dude, my week's been pretty great. I uh, like I said, I was on the 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 pleasant end of the uh, daylight savings uh, thing, so I feel refreshed and awesome. Feels like it's uh, you know, it feels like it feels more spring whenever the the time flips. Like it it was like 60s here last week, so it was kind of starting to feel spring. But then once you get uh, like the longer daylight, uh, it feels like like full-blown spring so yeah weather's getting nice out here um my week was pretty chill i went riding a lot this week i think i rode wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday i rode five days in a row um so today i'm just kind of uh, a little a little exhausted a little fried but uh other than that just chilling Nice, dude. That's some solid time on the slopes. Yeah. Yeah, the weather was great. It was uh, Thursday night. We went to this place. Did you guys go to Sisters at all when you were here? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. I was trying to... It's, 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 like, it's in Bend? Is it a brewery or what? No, it's a town like near Bend. It's like uh, straight oh. west of Redmond. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the map. I've heard it's kind of cool, but no, we didn't go. Yeah, um, it's a tiny little town, but it's about a half hour from here. And so Thursday night, I went riding to a mountain that's up there, um, like 45 minutes from here. It was just super, super freaking icy. Um, like literally, it was like riding a fucking ice scraper down the side of a mountain. Uh, it was wild. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were pretty much the complete opposite. I went to Bachelor and it was like 40 degree weather, uh, stripped down to basically just like a long sleeve t-shirt and, uh, riding around in that. Um, everybody was in the parking lot, like with their propane stoves and grills and stuff out cooking up brats and burgers. Um, it was, it was wild. It was a really good, really good weekend. That's dope. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, did you see Colorado, all the snow they got? Yeah, I heard they got pounded. Um, ah, that's yeah. crazy. Jealous. We're supposed to get some later this week, but nothing like what they got. Yeah, that's pretty wild. They said it was top. Well, they were projecting it to, to be record-breaking. I think it ended up being like top four um, storm. Yeah, I would have uh, called in sick uh, for like a week straight if that would happen here. Yeah, bring it on. I'm excited for it. I don't know. Probably not on the same level you you are with uh, wanting to go there and snowboard and stuff, but I'm ready to have some snow back in my life. The the shit we get here is just annoying. It's just an annoying winter because it's always just cold and wet. You could always bust out a toboggan or something. Yeah, that's true. Saucer sled? Yeah, a little sled. Yeah. Uh, Snowblower? I think I'll need a snowblower. Probably not. Just shovel. Uh, yeah, probably not. I mean, in Denver, the snow doesn't stay very long, so. Yeah, I bet it's probably going to be gone in a couple of days there. Maybe. That's a lot of know. snow, though. 
the, I've, I've been there once in my entire life, so I can't say for sure, but that's how it is here. And here's high desert too. It's like, it'll snow hard and it'll stick around for like maybe two, three days tops. And then it's just back to desert. Um, yeah, fucking weather's crazy, dude. Crazy weather. <laughs> totally. What are you sipping on there? Uh, it's a lemon drop session sour ale. Ooh. Kind of been on the sour kick. I don't know. I had that sour IPA a few weeks ago and just kind of got hooked on looking for it. I went to, uh, have I talked about Frugal McDougal before? No, but that sounds like something I need to hear. It's uh, it's here in Nashville. It's like a, it's like a liquor warehouse, dude. It's like Disneyland for booze. It's nuts. Like they've got like just a total a wine. Turn. What's that? Like a total wine? No, nah, it's more like whisk, whiskey and craft beer. It's huge. No, but like a total wine, like a huge, like almost like a Costco for booze, where they just have like giant shelves and like a warehouse almost. I don't know if I'd take it that big. I also don't know. If, I'm also not sure if I know what you're talking about. Total wine. Where is that? Isn't that what it's called? No, it's a, it's a South thing. Southwest. They have them in Phoenix. They have them in Colorado. Huh. I'm not sure if I'm familiar. Oh. All right. Well, fuck me, I guess. Back to well, if they have, if they have them. To what you were saying. <laughs> if they have them in Colorado, I'll, I'll give you credit. I'm pretty sure I went to one when I was there and bought gratuitous amounts of beer at a very reasonable price and liquor. But anyway. Well, yeah, this one's not, it's not like a discount store. It's a total wine, like a bulk discount thing. This is just like a shit ton of variety. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't, th- I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're dwelling into this more than we need to. I understand what you're saying. Peruga McDougal. Well, like an Ruga McDougal, great beer, great place. I love it. Wait, so it's a brewery too? No. Did I say that? I don't think I said that. Well, it's Frugal McDougal brand. Yeah. No, the beer? No, I got it at Frugal McDougal. This is high wire, high wire brewing. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We'll uh we'll do the beer review at the end. I don't I don't make you dig into it, but that sounds good, man. I went on a sour kick for like three weeks uh, at the beginning of uh, two summers, not last summer, two summers ago. And uh, I don't think I've drank one since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have uh, out here, 10 barrel uh, makes crush. Like they have, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Those, yeah. Uh, the girl I used to date was like obsessed with them. And whenever we go camping, she'd get a like six pack or no, a 12 pack of three different flavors i think like a variety pack yeah um yeah they go they go pretty well with uh with campfire yeah i think that's probably that's probably the first like sour that i enjoyed and like drink drink multiple cans those are dope i actually had them in in stewartville minnesota one time i was staying with my brother we went to that liquor store in stewartville and uh randomly saw a 10 barrel crush six pack there and evidently no one liked it or drank it because I got it for like six bucks. I was like, these are usually like $15 six packs. <laughs> like, this is great. Dude, uh, sour probably hasn't caught on in like rural southern Minnesota yet. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Give it a try, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
That's hilarious. Uh, what else you do this week? Anything? I feel like we're we're really skimping. Normally, I rely on you to have more stories of your week out out interacting with the the people. I'm just fucking cooped up in my room all all week working. Working the snowboard, bro. That's all you do. You don't yeah. meet any, you don't meet anyone crazy on the slopes. Anyone crazy on the slopes? I've met doing, doing doing crazy stuff. I've met a few people like on the slopes that I've grabbed beers with after. Um, I mean, I, I have some pretty crazy slope stories. Uh, not from this week though. Um, yeah, this week was pretty much everybody was in the zone. Nobody was really talking. Everybody was just focused on on getting the turns. Huh. All right. How often do you look at the the ski lift and think about licking the pole? Uh, I would say almost never. Really? If ever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, me too. Uh, I wouldn't lick it, but I'm just saying it's just it's from the movie, you know. Just have a little chuckle. You look yeah, at it sometimes. From Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I've thought about that before. Um, I don't know. Normally, the lift chair up is like my uh pen time and so normally i'm focused on like not not getting too high and falling out <laughs> <laughs> wondering if i should have the guard bar down um that's funny i didn't think about that so that, that's a that's a normal like on the way on the way up yeah i mean yeah, people who who do it do it yeah on the lift up or people will chug beers, because um, you're technically not supposed to have beer on the mountain. Um, but people will, like bring them in, and then you know nobody's gonna see you on the lift. So drink like one or two beers, depending on how long the lift is, and then crush them up, hide, hide them in your pocket, try and throw them away somewhere, garbage can somewhere. But yeah, lift time's the time to get fucked up. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'd be wiped out, dude. I'd feel like I'd get too drunk and I just want to like quit and take a nap on the mountain. You take naps up there? Uh, maybe. I'm sure I've napped in my car before, like halfway through. Never, never out on the mountain though. That's something I need to try. Hmm. Uh, no, my my weeks are getting more and more. Uh, just routine and not crazy stories, man. We're, I mean, we're six weeks out now from this move. So it's just like, it feels like it's getting hectic. All the, uh, I don't know, all the week, all the weekends are filling up with things to do now. So the countdown's here. Did you find a place yet? No, we're still searching. Um, so that's kind of part of our, our planning is we might, we might try and get out there like the sixth, seventh, eighth, like maybe like that second week uh of april just to try and scope some places out we're definitely keeping an eye open but no nothing nothing stuck yet and uh yeah i don't know we'll see has uh has the like rental market been pretty crazy there like are a lot of people trying to go there right now it's it seems like it like there there's places popping up but like we're just kind of not we're not quite in that window yet like i would say in the next week or so we'll start seeing ones that are open up like may 1st but right now everything that pops up is still you know two three weeks away from move-in date so we'll uh we'll get there soon but yeah i'm pumped man i'm excited to get out there it's gonna be fun gotcha 
Yeah, I'm stoked for you. So, well, let's let's uh, transition into that actually, because I wanted to talk to you at, uh, about some concerts and concert stories. We got to get on the Red Rock schedule, bro. I'm gonna be a regular going to shows there. I can't wait. Yeah, I would love to hit a show there. I've heard people say that it's awesome. Yeah. Are yeah, they going to make that happen? Are they intending to open it back up this year, or is it still just kind of dependent on the state and what it does? Uh, yeah, they for sure have shows scheduled for the summer. Sarah, Sarah was looking at tickets, and I think a lot of it's already starting to get sold out, so it might end up being more like fall time until you can get your hands on some. But now they're, they're starting to open up at, at some capacity anyways. Nice. What are uh, what are some of the summer or fall ones you guys are trying to hit? Uh, I would love to see Camp again. They're high on my list. Uh, that's a is that the band whose hat you always wear? That's it, man. Camp Camp with two A's. Somebody uh, somebody played a song of theirs for me for the first time uh, on Thursday. It was the first time I've ever heard that band. Yeah, they're they're in my top. In my top five, probably of bands I listen to right now. So Sarah and I both. So we went. We went when they were here in Nashville, uh, both nights, back to back nights. There at a small. It was called the Basement East. Just a small little local spot, um, live music venue. We went to both nights. It was, it was fucking fun. Nice. Um, what else? Wood, Wood Brothers. You listen to the Wood Brothers? That's some like folk kind of bluegrass band. They're funky. Never heard of them. Yeah. What do, what do you what are your artists who who do you like listening to or like you got some good concert stories? Oh, <laughs> concert stories. I mean, I've probably got a couple. Um, actually, the very very first like official concert I went to, I was probably God, I don't even know if I could drive yet. I was probably like. 14 15 uh so right in that like trouble troublemaking age Mm -hmm. and uh i went to went to a blake shelton concert um wasn't into blake shelton i wasn't even into country music at the time but he was playing uh somewhere close to where i was at um and went to see him play and it was pretty good live um i think he only had like one album out he had Old Red, I think, was his only hit at that time. Like, this is pre-Sum Beach, pre-everything like else. Um, we went to see him. It was super cool. Uh, he had his, his, actually, his wife at the time was in, like, a little booth in the corner, set up selling his merch, and uh, spent, like, half the time, uh, <laughs> like, talking to his wife, um, just, like, shooting the shit with her. Uh, is this mullet? Is this mullet Blake? Yeah, this is huge mullet Blake. Yeah, um, back in the day. So, yeah, that was a fun concert. Um, what other cool stories do I have? I uh, I used to go to concerts a lot in Dallas. Dallas actually has some good venues. Um, the House of Blues. Do you guys have a House of Blues? Uh, not here in Nashville, no. Okay. Um, they have a pretty big one in Dallas. San Diego had one. Yeah. Uh, they get some pretty, pretty dope concerts there. Um, 
one of the best ones I probably went to. Uh, actually, I saw. Um, damn it! What the fuck's their name? Oh, you know, um, like old school and uh, like Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. The the band where it like puts all those curse words and like. Oh yeah songs. yeah yeah. Uh, Dan band. The Dan Band, yeah. Yeah, I went and saw the Dan Band, um, and it was fucking awesome. It was a hilarious concert. Um, they, like, just came on, and I was going to the bar to grab another beer, and, like, obviously, I was fucking sticking out above everyone, and the dude calls me out. He's like, oh, we got this guy leaving already. So come back. Ah! He's like, come back, man. The show's just starting. Oh, like, you funny. know, you can't, you can't, like, talk to him or say anything else. You're fucking 100 feet away in a crowd. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a really good concert. Um, saw some pretty good, like harder rock, uh, like emo concerts there. Um, Deep Ellum was like a, another little area of Dallas that had some, some cool concerts from time to time. Um, Venice some cool ones out in Portland too. Uh, I think some of those, like they have a lot of really small kind of like niche venues that are just like super historic. Uh, but I think a couple of them have been like closing down because of COVID. Um, the Hawthorne theater, I want to say I heard closed down, uh, but I saw some, some epic shows there. Um, yeah, that's sad. That places are shutting down. I, I, would think and hope that once once we get back to being able to have concerts and have uh, big events like that, like man, I, I mean, I know personally, I'm itching to to see some live music and see some concerts. I mean, fuck, that's, that's why I'm here in Nashville. It's kind of been, you know, we've been deprived from it for for so long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the concerts that I go to are would probably be like COVID hotspots. There's a lot of like mosh fitting and. Uh fighting and, and people running into each other and stuff um so i can see why they're why they're not doing those type of concerts you, uh, mosh, you mosh bro have you moshed before i have before yeah i don't really anymore um i feel like again just because i'm like the biggest guy in the crowd people always try and get me involved or like start one around me yeah which is kind of fucking annoying but i don't know it is what it is yeah, you're a mo- you're a mosh target for sure. You're a magnet, I would think. Yeah, um, I actually I don't know if you knew this, but like everybody growing up listened to country music, like Adams Southland area. That's just what people listen to. I actually hated country music until I was like 27, 28. Like right before I left Texas, I started listening to it and uh, started getting a lot more into it, but um, that was probably one of my biggest regrets about Texas was not going to as many uh, country concerts. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got a handful of country artists that I like, like George Strait, obviously an OG, I listen to George Strait. Uh, Chris Stapleton, I like him a lot. Luke Combs. Yeah. You got any? You got any in your uh, arsenal? Uh, I listen to George Strait a lot. 
Um, his farewell tour, I think the last concert was in Dallas. And that was one that I, I, rem I think I was there, but I, I just didn't go to it because I wasn't into country. But retrospectively, that would have been an epic one to go to. I think J Jason Aldean was there, uh, Miranda Lambert, like just a bunch of these other artists to like pay tribute and stuff. Um, so that would have been cool. Uh, who else? Uh, I still listen to like a lot of the older stuff. So like, I don't know, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, that. Oh that yeah, I'll get down to some Brooks and Dunn. I wake stuff. up some mornings. I wake up and play that hardworking man song and just get pumped. <laughs> you know what I'm, Dude, I'm a hardworking man. Nate Applin can karaoke that song to perfection. Oh God, I'm, I can imagine, dude. I, I, can I've, envision, I can envision it right now. I've seen him do it multiple times at the karaoke bar in Dallas. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. epic. Gets into it. Um, but yeah, them. Uh, who else? Brad Paisley. Um, Zach Brown Band. Shit like that, I guess. Yeah, Zach Brown Band, solid for sure. Yeah. Sturgill, Have you ever Sturgill Simpson from time to time? He's got a couple who? songs. But... Who? Sturgill Simpson. Never heard of him. He's kind of kind of outlaw country a little bit uh yeah i've been listening to a lot of outlaw too um so like waylon jennings um fucking johnny cash willie hell yeah have you ever listened to co wetzel uh yeah he, the country western song no he's country and western yeah yeah like, I think I lost my fucking mind. That one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I jammed to that sometimes. That's a good song. Yeah, listen to Coulter, uh, what's it, Coulter Wall? Is that his name? Oh, I think I've heard of him. Check out Coulter Wall, that's dope. He's Canadian? He's Canadian. Yeah, he's, he's got a mullet and a stash, bro. He's Canadian as fuck. <laughs> That's we nice we went to uh, nah never mind I'm not gonna tell the story it was about a golf tournament I was thinking about Canadian tuxedos you ever I mean, you, a Canadian you already, tuxedo you already started it so you have to go there now yeah we went we we used to do uh, golf tournaments in in the bar scene in San Diego like every bar would have their own like golf tournament a lot of times it'd be raising money for charity and stuff and uh sandbar the bar that i worked at um with big mike and big kev and and all, all my buddies that I worked with but they were the big three along with nick Cristioni, uh <clears throat> was the fourth member of our golf team uh but we would always host one and then we'd get to go to other other bars uh golf tournaments and shore club had one and it was kind of at like a nicer golf course like typically you do them at kind of the you know ones that'll let you get away with more because we'd have vendors like every hole would have a food and a booze vendor so you would go through this golf tournament and like at every hole you're getting like a beer and like an appetizer or like they had some sort of like event space set up at every hole um but anyways we were always like we were doing this party like i don't fucking golf like we just did it to like get fucked up and have a good time uh so we dressed up and we didn't even think about it but we dressed up and we all wore like cut off shorts and like cut off tanks but all canadian tuxedo like all denim and that was legit their only rule at the golf course was no no jeans <laughs> <laughs> so we look like fucking assholes showing up wearing canadian tuxedos 
but they let us fucking they let us go through with it and we ended up having the fucking the best day i've got one of my favorite photos of all time from from that day because they have they have like uh professional photographers and stuff like at different holes and stuff so we were just getting blitzed and having a good time and i don't even know if i hit a golf ball that day but had a good time so they saw you in the denim and they're like fuck it we'll just let them go yeah like we we saw the sign when we when we got off of the bus like we you take a party bus to the golf course so like we were already like boozing and have a good time on the way there and then, yeah we got there it's like no denim <laughs> fuck <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, I feel like Uh, that's just what you do at golf tournaments, especially like work ones or ones that like don't really matter. You just use it as an opportunity to coordinate dress up. Yeah, absolutely. Live live like kids, bro. Um, what other concerts? You got more concert stories you want to go on? Um. Like anyone you're dying to see? No. Um, I saw yeah, Mickey, just... Aval- Mickey Avalon once. Did you? How was that? It was pretty fucking epic. It was yeah. at this uh, it was at this bar in OB called the Holding Company, and it was a small, pretty small venue, like in there, pretty packed. And I went with one of the, I went with a group of friends, but one of the guys uh, that I managed tavern with, like knew every mickey avalon song like he was a fanatic like he loved mickey avalon so like it was just so fun to be there with his energy because he was like singing every fucking song that i'd like never heard of and like in the front row like my dick <laughs> you know that song yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude i bet that would be a wild concert oh yeah we were close too i mean we got there early and got a good spot at the bar and like we were close to the stage and like you know we, we were right there able to you know be like 10 15 feet away you can tell the guys just like that guy's living his best life doing all the drugs fucking just touring the country singing my singing about his dick (laughs) yeah there's worse gigs to have (laughs) um what was i gonna say oh you ever listen to little dicky oh yeah i like little dicky he's funny i never got into him but uh when i was in dallas he came to dallas like i don't know how many times my friends would always go and i just never went i i listened to a few of his songs and i just i never got into him for some reason but yeah. i've heard his concerts are pretty nuts yeah i don't know if he'd be someone that I'd like go out of my way to see but like yeah i feel like there's been times i've listened listened to a couple of his like freestyle raps that are funny like i i i enjoy uh, or appreciate some rappers that are like have a little bit of comedy in their in their raps one one that i actually was thinking of or i was going to play him in the beginning of the podcast we told me not to is uh afro man i like i love afro man all right can you sing it no i won't sing it but he's got a great he's got a lot of good songs that i like that you don't even th- like the colt 45 and because i got high those ones are good but i really like like palmdale uh is a fun song that i listen to his i think it's just funny and he, he ties in well with our uh, our topic this week. Yeah. And our topic this week is? Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. <laughs> the uh, hysteria and clinically proven fact that smoking marijuana will make you go insane. That's what, that's what we've been told, bro. That's the truth. All right. So, 
we, for our research topic this week, we decided to research like the history of criminalization, decriminalization, what have you in the United States and just kind of the history of of marijuana in the U.S. We kind of touched on it a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about prohibition um, and kind of related the two together. Uh, took a break and talked about serial killers for a little bit, but now we're back to uh, discuss cannabis. That's accurate. That's what we're doing. All right. Ju- jump in. Um, I'm starting. I'm doing the lead. Uh, I mean, I... I can lead if you I'm, want. No, I'm ready. I'll, I mean, I'll I found, lead. I I have less stuff than you. I know that for sure. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be too confident in that. What are you going to lead with? Are you going to talk about like I was gonna talk about, history? Well, no, we could do that first. So you so you can go. All right, balls in my court. I'm picking it up. Uh, just looking at a little bit of timeline on on cannabis uh, history and how it evolved into a movement of propaganda and fear-based advertisement for scaring people out of marijuana. And there's a lot of different uh, directions we can go with telling the history because there's a lot of different perspectives on what what these actions really mean. But starting with with marijuana um, and talking about the correlation with hemp. So hemp is kind of how that plant was introduced the marijuana plant that we call it today was introduced to us so we actually had in 1619 uh here on our soil the virginia assembly passed legislation requiring every farmer to grow hemp so we were growing this plant um before we were a country uh here on this land so um hemp was also allowed to be uh exchanged as legal tender in the state of Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Maryland at that time in 1619, which is pretty wild. Um, Domestic production flourished until after the Civil War when imports and other domestic materials replaced hemp uh, for many purposes. In the late 19th century, marijuana became a popular ingredient in in many medicinal products and was sold openly in public pharmacies. Um, During the 19th century, Hashish became a fad in France and also to some extent in the U.S. I shouldn't have read that sentence. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Hashish? Um, But anyways, as we move on to the Mexican Revolution um, and the Mexican-American War in the 1910s, um, Mexican immigrants began to flood the U.S. um, and introducing American culture to the recreational use of marijuana marijuana um the drug became associated with immigrants and the fear of prejudice about the spanish-speaking newcomers became associated with the drug uh anti-drug campaigners warned against the encroaching marijuana menace and terrible crimes were attributed to marijuana and the mexicans who used it so the term and i think we touched on this at some point previewing this topic is talking about marijuana as a you know, derogatory kind of racist word that's included with Mexican immigrants uh, dating back to, you know, like I said here, the 1910s and recreational use. So it's just kind of funny talking about that time. And we, we were just talking about it a few weeks ago in Prohibition and it kind of is, is going hand in hand. And uh, I don't know, b- before we went on record here, John, we were talking about uh, 
we were talking about the correlation of, of those times and how when, once prohibition was lifted in 1933, you know, that's when we really shifted our focus um, to what criminalizing marijuana use. Yeah. Yeah. The timelines definitely overlapped. And so <clears throat> I have uh, kind of some, some timelines here that I'll go through some, some years, but um, prohibition began or like the, the effort to, to prohibit marijuana began later than like the effort to, to restrict alcohol. But from there, like the two largely overlap, like prohibition efforts were going on in the same time. Um, and so in 1911, Massachusetts uh, became the first state to like implement some pro prohibitionary, prohibitory, prohibitive. That sounds good. Yeah. One of those three. Prohibitive. Some rules around, uh, around uh, marijuana. And so they required prescription sales of uh, Indian hemp, which was being used at that time. Um, and that was 1911. And so I found this interesting. In 1913, one of the first states to completely ban marijuana. Can you guess what it is? There's four that did it in 1913. In 1913, that banned it. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is there irony involved? Is it Washington State and Oregon? It's it is California. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wow. California banned marijuana in 1913. Um, yeah, Oregon banned it in 1923. Um, Texas was actually one of the last ones to uh, ban it. Um in terms of like the prohibition era and they declared it a narcotic uh in 1931 allowing up to life sentences in prison <laughs> and what date was that that was 1931 that's crazy that's fucking wild and then it took until so you could get the death sentence for having marijuana up until 1973 and that law in Texas was amended to declare possession of four ounces or less a misdemeanor. And that kind of started what uh, would become like the decriminalization period. <clears throat> um, and so that was 1973. Texas uh, made it a misdemeanor. That same year, Oregon became the first state to decriminalize it. And that allowed for anybody carrying up to an ounce to just get a $100 fine. Um, and then two years later, California decriminalized it. Um, Minnesota decriminalized it in 1976. Um, Alaska decriminalized it in 1975. And then recriminalized it by a voter initiative uh, in 1990. So they actually recriminalized it in 1990. I thought that was funny. Recriminalize it in the sense of, of getting that, that crazy term? Uh, no, so this was Alaska. Uh, they, I don't know, I mean, it doesn't say what their laws were, but it was a, it was a felony um, until... 1975 
And then from 1975 to 1990, it wasn't a felony. And then in 1990, they made it a felony again because of a voter voter initiative. That's silly. Um, and then the medical cannabis era began in 1996 when California became the first state to legalize medical cannabis. Um, Oregon and Washington legalized medical cannabis two years later. Um, and then after that, in 2012, legalization of recreational use started with two states. You take a guess. Colorado. Yeah. And uh, Oregon. Close. Washington. Washington. Okay. Yeah. So the, the pioneers. The pioneers. Recreational use. 2012. That seems. I thought it was after that. No, I know California is 2016. That was literally right as I moved. Yeah. Um, so Minnesota legalized medical cannabis in 2014. Uh, also in 2014, Alaska and Oregon uh, went recreational. Um, yeah, 2016, California goes recreational. Um, there's still states that are like, finally decriminalizing in like 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, yeah, so that leaves us, uh, I don't remember the exact issue or the exact number of uh, recreational states, but I think it's in the 20s now. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's accurate. What, uh, what did you have? So the legalizing it, but what did you have going back to kind of the era where we were talking about, you know, the immigrants, Mexican immigrants picking back up from there? Because um, it went it went into like a crazy propaganda phase once alcohol prohibition was lifted in what was that 1933? It only took a short short time after that for the marijuana tax act to go into effect in 1937 and i think the last podcast we kind of talked about that being uh the launching point um when the congress at the, passed at the national level yeah at the national level yeah yeah um so yeah i guess from the sounds of it like putting those two timelines maybe so the like ramp up to um prohibit marijuana like it must have continued spiking even through alcohol prohibition yeah right? you think so i feel like it, it was probably just envisioned as like that's what the immigrants were using and the minorities so then you know once they legalized booze and everyone could drink again then that, that, that was the focus the next focus is you know the the yeah. beer it says here the bureaucrats were you know had all their energy focused then on on taking down you know marijuana yeah um and they they know. slapped they slapped a bunch of crazy stuff onto it you know they made it they made it an image of you know uh mexican immigrants and then like dirty black people that were smoking weed and playing jazz music and like that was the whole image behind demonizing 
pot and then they went on crazy stuff talking about you know the gateway drug drug stuff and like yeah. it'll just make you make you go crazy you know it's just the evil crazy weed <laughs> yeah well i read a couple articles that like kind of said that people were were tying the two together like they you know we talked about alcohol um you know making people go crazy or creating lazy factory line workers or causing people to to you know beat their wives or beat their kids like uh, i read some stuff that said people try to piggyback uh marijuana onto that too and just say that it you know basically leads you to go crazy makes you an ineffective worker makes you a terrible spouse um just shit like that yeah it's uh i don't know it's pretty wild pretty wild history of how uh how they perceive perceive marijuana and then it, it went on in decades later talking about you know different administrations and like war on drugs whether it was ronald reagan or president bush you know putting all this uh you know all these crazy sentences on pot possession and the amount of people we have incarcerated on on pot charges yeah yeah, no, for sure. And I read a little bit into some of that stuff, too. Um, we'll talk about the propaganda movie uh, in a minute here. But uh, I read a little bit on D.A.R.E. D.A.R.E. wasn't really that big. Uh, do we even have D.A.R.E. at our school? What the fuck, bro? Yeah, I did I did the D.A.R.E. speech in fifth grade. I was chosen for to present my, my paper. Really? You don't remember that? Yeah, I was in the gymnasium <laughs> and everything. Man, you've fallen far. I wore my Ricky Williams jersey. Yeah, smart. Yeah. It's a big, big stick it to the school administration. Yeah, I don't even think he was a stoner at the time. He was still at the Saints. I don't think it had come out that he was such a pothead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, I remember they picked my paper. So what you're saying uh, to me here, high right now, is that D.A.R.E. is ineffective? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't do, I don't do hardcore drugs smoke a little pot sometimes and have, have a six pack six pack and a pound from taco john's i don't eat taco john's is there a taco john's in in portland or <laughs> no i think yeah. it's only a midwest thing yeah miss taco john's yeah i don't know i guess i guess there wasn't effective um i i they picked the wrong leader <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember Dare at all, but like from what I've seen or heard about it in like, you know, movies and TV and stuff, it seems like marijuana was tied in there. Um, and you talked about it a little bit too, the war on drugs, like Ronald Reagan was a, like the face of Dare for a while. Um, and so it's kind of all tied together, but, uh, I actually was reading that in 2007, um, the, APS Journal placed D.A.R.E. on a list of programs that has the potential to harm clients. <clears throat> so not only was it ineffective um, by like, I'm looking at one, two, seven studies here that have said it's ineffective. A couple of them actually say that it's like bad for kids. Huh. Yeah, well, found that what's, interesting. What's the general general reasoning or the general um i don't know it doesn't say just that they're 
either well this one just says it's placed on a list of treatments that have the potential to cause harms and the other ones all say that it's been like proven ineffective hmm. well i don't know if it wasn't necessarily ineffective i don't know like what what what's your what's your pot story so we talked about like the first like the first time you became a kind of regular user you would recreationally use because i didn't i think you said you were late too but like i didn't I didn't really smoke until I was 26, maybe, like, on any sort of regular basis. Before then, it was just, like, maybe a handful of times that I had just tried it and didn't succeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I first tried it in high school. And then there were other few, a few other stints, like, later in high school, um, hanging out with some people that I'm not going to name. Uh, but would go in spurts where I would like do it pretty regularly for, I don't know, like a week, two weeks, and then like wouldn't do it again for, for like a year. I think my biggest problem was access. I didn't know any, any drug dealers. So I basically just could only dabble when people were around me. But, um, even, even after that, like I didn't really smoke. I don't know if I smoked at all in college, maybe a few times. Um, and then when I dropped out of college, I lived with uh, some people for a couple of years who did it. And so I did it a few times with them. But the first time, yeah, that I actually went and like made an effort to go get it myself. Granted, it was more readily, readily available, but it was after I had moved to Oregon and was, was in a recreational state. There was like no stress about having to get it from some sketchy dude that you know through your friend's friend or you know no no worry about having pot smell on you and shit like that for sure for sure <laughs> um yeah i mean i lived when i lived in san diego so i didn't really in high school i don't think i ever touched it uh i want to say that probably the first time i did it was maybe 19 or 20 in, in San Diego. Um, never touched it in co- in high school or that freshman year of college I went to in Rochester. I don't think I ever did. Um, when I lived in San Diego, I mean, I lived with some stoners, dude, like big time. Um, lived with my s- sister that first year and then moved in with some buddies that I had met at Applebee's. Actually, my first two roommates in San Diego were both uh, connected to Applebee's. Johnner was the second. And he was a stoner too. I mean, he, he smoked quite a bit when we were, uh, when we were roommates and I was more in the drinking and, and, you know, bar scene than doing any kind of that stuff. So like, even when John and I were roommates, I didn't smoke. I lived in a crazy stoner house before I lived with John and never really, never really interest me. Um, I guess for me, it didn't really start until like I started traveling and I guess when it was, when it was medicinal. So you could, Literally, the process in California in 2015, so I think at the tail end of 2016 is when it became legalized, but the phase when it was medicinal, you just had to get your medical card. So you would lit- there would literally be like places set up where you could get your card, your medicinal card, and uh, you would go and you would check in and you would wait in the lobby and it costs like 45 bucks to get the card. Uh, and literally all you do is it'd be like you and I right now on, on this Skype, like you would be the doctor and you'd be like, what do you, what do you, what do you need, Mary? What do you need the, the card for? Like, what, tell me your symptoms. And I was like, 
well, you know, I, I work late and like sometimes I come home at night and like I just can't, I just can't unwind from work. Like I need I need something to kind of knock me out so I can fall asleep. She's like, you'd be you'd be a perfect uh, perfect for a sativa strand. I, that's what I recommend to you. I'm gonna get you a card. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Great. <laughs> so I walk out of the thing with this Skype interview, and I go out there, and the receptionist gets the thumbs up and signs off on my card, and then you can go. But at that point, it wasn't even dispensary; it was delivery. So you could order on an app, and they deliver it. They do that in Oregon. Yeah, in Portland they do. Okay, that was my first. Like you couldn't even go to a storefront at that point. It was delivery only. So yeah, that that was my first experience of like being able to have access to it. Other than that, I didn't really like I didn't pursue it before then. You know, even even surrounded by, you know, surrounded by stoners and always having it, you know, on the coffee table. I was wait, never really into it. Wait, so what year did you leave California? Uh, I mean, two thousand. Like I said, two thousand fifteen is when it was medically available and then i i guess my second stint you know because I, I told you i left a couple times and came back uh big tr on, on traveling trips um but no i find i mean i finally left san diego in 2018 but gotcha. you know 14 to 17 i was in and out traveling a lot too so yeah. I, I would say it kind of happened when i started traveling and I, I guess when it was when it was legal in california too is when i because it sucks. I mean, it, like now being in Tennessee for for the two years I've been here, um, it sucks having to get black market pot. <laughs> you know, it's shitty. You don't, you don't know what you're getting. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mix I mix my you're going to make fun of me, but I uh, I've always been a lightweight, whether it's drinking or smoking. Um, but I, I mix some of my my bud with just CBD bud to like cut oh, it really <laughs> i mean out, out here because i don't know what the fuck i'm getting like one one batch to another it could be like send me on a crazy fucking roller coaster so i cut it a little bit sometimes so i've got i cut my weed right now wait so how do you know the stuff that you're cutting it with is true like just cbd i mean <laughs> i'd be getting a great i'd be getting a great i'd be getting a great fucking deal because i get it from the cbd place oh i wish I wish everybody listening could have seen Justin's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so there's a there's a CBD place. So they sell CBD, just not like anything with THC. Yeah, anymore. they sell CBD flour, which is silly to me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like I get taken if if you if you like if you appreciate and I guess kind of believe in. I don't know how much I believe in the medicinal use for like anti-inflammatory and all that shit that they promote it for like i feel like very very minimal is the the medicinal use in, in that kind of way but i don't know how i don't know how a smoke shop that just has cbd for medicinal use actually they, they don't stay open because this one's going out of business so <laughs> he tried he tried to sell he tried to sell me he tried to sell me like four capsules i was like no bro i just need this like i'm just i'm cutting this with my real weed yeah i uh one of jenny aaron's wife's friends owns a cbd shop in i guess it would be stillwater maybe um and yeah i went in and, and like tried some of the stuff one time i'm like yeah this is it's not like it's not real because they have to maintain like a dip a lower 
whatever potency. Yeah, it's, like a, it's essentially like a non-alcoholic beer is what they're, you know, same same correlation. It's yeah. Like 0.03 THC. Yeah, effectively. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, before before then, before I started, you know, a little bit more consistently using it as a recreational activity, um, I would just get, and a lot of times, again, that was just, we didn't know what we were smoking, but the first couple of times I did it before, you know, before I was like 25, I would just get like anxiety and like I'd get real quiet and like just not really enjoy any sort of high. You, you remember feeling that? Mm. Uh, not really. I never really had problems with like paranoia. Um, maybe a little bit, but mainly I would just get like super fucking giggly. I would always feel I, I would feel super tired too. I would almost get like, you know, when you first start when you like are drunk for the first time, you get like the head, like, you know, you have trouble keeping your head up. I remember getting like that uh the first couple times. Your first couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would I would just get quiet. And I think I think a lot of it was just because of the stigma around it from from growing up and just the image of of smoking weed. I feel like I would just be paranoid that like like oh you just, they know I'm high for sure. Like they can, <laughs> it's really high. I kind of feel high. Like everyone in here knows I'm high for sure. Like why am I, why do I look so weird? Why am I looking weird? Yeah. You know, like that kind of just like everyone's looking at you. Like they know I'm high. But then once I feel like once I, you know, was more comfortable, that's like, probably I was just uncomfortable because once I got more comfortable with it, I was just, you know, yeah, I'm fucking high. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Like now, now when I smoke, it's just like a, I don't know. What, what do you do? You have what, why do you smoke? What's your, what's your sensation that you get, or what do you enjoy out of it? Uh, oh man, put me on the spot. I mean, um, I mean, it kind of depends. It depends what I smoke and when. But like, if I I have like a pen of indica by my bed that I'll like take a few rips from when I'm like reading before bed and. I don't know, kind of winds you down, makes you tired, gets you prepped for sleep, makes you super happy. Um, so, I don't know, that's that's one thing. And then, like, same thing, but, like, if I have a, a sativa or something that I'll take snowboarding, just kind of, I don't know, relaxes you, puts you in the zone, chills you out. Yeah, that all sounds, that all sounds accurate. I, I feel I feel those feels sometimes. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I've never been asked to describe that before. You're you're the first person who's ever had me describe it. How'd that feel? Weird. I feel it felt like it felt like you asked to see the inside of my closet or something. <laughs> I do see that closet right over your right shoulder. What's in there? Oh, you don't want to look in there. That one's storage. Oh boy. I got a uh, no, uniform one suit in there. That's the only thing of interest. I talk, I talk about it, uh, the feeling of it sometimes. I don't know. Do, do your parent, does your mom know you smoke? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. But yeah, she like, talked about it. Uh, I've tried to get her to do it when she's came out here. Yeah. She's still a little like paranoid or like afraid of the stigma or, yeah. She, she, I don't think she'll ever do it. She's, she's told me before that she would and that she wants to, but I don't think she will. Yeah. 
my parents, uh, when they lived when they lived up in northern Minnesota, their neighbor, uh, who, who's a good, I've, I've got his phone number. He's a he's a friend. Every time I get back to Minnesota, I reach out because he he was so good to my parents and and uh, or the two of them were. Um, but he he was a stoner, like their their neighbor across the street. So like he'd come over and hang out sometimes, and you know you know my parents are you know they enjoy hanging out and shooting the shit and having a good time. So I, I think they might have dabbled. Uh, a few different times, but he always had, he always had edibles, which I don't, I don't fuck with edibles, bro. Like they're, it's a whole different thing for me. Like I, they're, they're untouchable for me. Like I've done it a handful of times. I've had a handful of shitty experiences and I just don't do it. Um, you gotta, I, you, you gotta, you just gotta wait until you get out to Colorado and you have the dosage and you know what you're getting. I don't know. It would have to be a micro dose. Cause I, I don't know. I've had some, I've had some shitty experiences just like fucks me up for a couple of days like i feel like mentally i just like what was that you know it just puts me in a funk yeah now i found i found my i found what i enjoy i'm gonna stick with that because for me like I've, I've i've talked about it with like my brother and parents before like they know they know that i smoke i don't i don't hide anything um it's just kind of explain the feeling but i don't know for me i just enjoy it as like uh if i had a stressful day or a long day come home and just just take a take a hit off a bowl and like all those stresses and concerns are just kind of like that's ah, not that important like i can just sit and chill and just disconnect from what my day was like case in point today like i feel like i had a shitty day just biking around in the rain and i got a parking ticket um on my way home today which pissed me off so i was like i was pissed driving home i was like i don't want to fucking podcast man i'm in a grumpy dude <laughs> But then I hit, you know, I hit a bowl and just kind of hung out outside for a little bit and just chilled and calmed myself down. And I was like, nah, it's all good. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it sparks uh, some creativity sometimes. You you feel a creative buzz from whatever? Um, not really. I wish I did more. But at the same time, when I do it, I'm normally doing something. So I'm not like sitting down and appreciating it. I need to do more like you do where you just like sit there and relax and do it. I'm always like using it to augment some other activity. Sure. I respect that. Yeah, I don't know. For me, for me, it just gives me a, you know, a different, different outlook and a different way sometimes of thinking about an issue or thinking about something that I might be, might have on my mind that might have on my mind um i don't know it does, does feel, it it does feel weird to talk about it now on on the record does it uh does it cause any dangerous hallucinations like space to expand or time to slow down was that on the are you reading that off a website uh no i'm just asking you uh does it mess with time yeah not really i mean i'm probably a little bit slower i'm slower at my pace when i smoke but it doesn't make you hallucinate that time is standing still no it doesn't do that does it uh make you have fixed ideas conjuring up monstrous extravagances not really no <laughs> no not really okay so uh, if you don't have anything else to touch on, uh, I'm going to jump into this, uh, propaganda film, not a prop. Well, I mean, I guess it is kind of a propaganda film. 
Uh, it was made in what, like 1926 or 36 or something? Yeah, I would I would think so. It's definitely, uh, they use scare tactics for sure. Yeah, it's called Reefer Madness. Uh, it's on YouTube for free to watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's like the super, super old school film. It's like an after school special type thing that was basically meant to deter people from uh, smoking weed. 1936. Uh, 1936, yeah. Uh, also, by the way, I fuck, I'm, I'm so sick of YouTube. I feel like they put more and more ads and shit. This one had like the ads where it would come up and it would say you can skip after or you can skip in like, you know, five, four, three, two, one. But that's the entire length of the first ad. And so they show you one ad and then they flow right into the next ad and then it'll be like a 15 second one. And it'll say again, you can skip in five. They're just yeah, fucking that, go over with ads. Yeah, I feel like the Internet's just really starting to fuck with us. They're just constantly throwing shit at us and pop-ups and advertisements and yeah it drives me nuts i can't do it i don't know i, I wouldn't be able to, i'm i'm glad that my all of my jobs are not sitting at a computer yeah it's not that great i wouldn't recommend it yeah um okay so i like what for hot take what was your hot take on that movie Oh, I only made it ten minutes in, bro. I couldn't, I couldn't go any further than ten minutes. Like the, the opening credits are like all spooky and like the it's the lowest definition I've ever seen in my life. And like I can only read part of the words. And it's talking about how marijuana ruined your life in the opening credits, and then it opens up to. Yeah, I, I only made it like ten minutes in, and then I shared it with you. And I'm, I'm glad. You, how long did you make it into it? Twenty thirty. Uh, so I watched probably like forty. 30 or 40 minutes of the whole thing, but I was like skipping around. So I would like watch certain scenes of it. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty trippy movie. Um, I have a few things that I'll, I'll mention, but first I just want to read, uh, the forward because I feel like there's been a lot of like movies that make jokes about this. Like, you know, pineapple express that whole, like, yeah, the opening scene. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like based on this. And uh, I, this is like a super old reference, but have you seen uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yeah. You remember that commercial that they see in there where they're baked? And it's like these two kids in this in one of their dad's office. And they open up the gun cabinet, like after smoking weed. It's like, what are you doing? And the other kid's like putting a gun in his mouth. He's like, I'm so high right now. Nothing can hurt me. You, oh, you my God. That? It was no. like just like a spoof, but it was like so hilarious because it's just the the over dramatization of like the effects. Um, but the I won't read the whole forward. Um, I'll just uh, read a few snippets from it. So this is um, them describing the effects. Its first effect is sudden, violent, uncontrollable laughter, then dangerous hallucinations. Space expands, time slows down, almost stands still. Fixed ideas come next, conjuring up monstrous extravagances, followed by emotional disturbances. The total inability to direct thoughts. <laughs> the loss of all power to resist physical emotions, leading finally to acts of shocking violence. 
ending often in incurable insanity. <laughs> oh, I can't even read this without cracking up. <laughs> they called it publicly public enemy number one. Yeah. Uh, ending often in incurable insanity. That's a pretty bold statement to describe something. <laughs> incurable insanity. And that, what, what's the, the, the date on this? I've got some stuff here talking about the 1950s uh, and the access to cars being so much more common for teenagers. And that was a lot of like propaganda that came out, or not propaganda, but the movement to to enforce all the stuff like you talked about, dare and like all these programs being implemented. Um, and that's where they were talking about marijuana became public enemy number one. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, they do call it that um, in the rest of this forward. Um, the closing line of the forward is because the dread marijuana may be reaching forth next for your son or daughter or yours. Or yours. And I remember seeing that somewhere where they're like pointing around. I think it's that 70s show where they're like making fun of it. And it's like red, like they basically do the reefer madness and it's in like black and white. Do you remember that? I love, I love that show so much. I've got, I think I want to, is it on Netflix or it was? Uh, it was. I'm not sure if it still is. I would like race home to watch that show after school. Yeah. It's a funny one. Um, what my biggest takeaway, I think, from the movie, um, I honestly don't know if they could play that now. There is so, so much sexism in that movie. Uh, for being 1936, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. Um, but within, like, the first opening scene, uh, I was, like, doing something else and wasn't really paying attention and like it was so like you don't really hear it now it, it kind of caught me uh but this dude like walks in to talk to his wife and uh <clears throat> she was like napping i think and he, he's like get up you got to give this place a cleaning and then she starts to say something and uh, he's like button your lip and oh uh, yeah that was one of the opening scenes yeah yeah and i was like whoa okay now now we're cooking it's uh, funny after butting your lip. What the fuck was it? I remember I was sitting there watching with Sarah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that? Yeah, dude. That's, I, I honestly don't know if you could play. I don't think you could play that on like a public uh, TV network or anything. Oh, yeah. You, you said you're talking more static than the radio. Burn. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, When's the last time you actually listened to the radio? uh in the truck sometimes like when i'm driving to work i had i had sirius i had the trial for sirius xm radio and i let it expire um so now i just throw it on sometimes gotcha but well, no local radio for you no i can't remember the last time i listened to the radio it's always just spotify or podcasts yeah yeah sometimes it's just annoying to and I'm in and out of the truck so much on my way to work collecting those scoots. So it yeah. goes in and out from sync to ear pod to, but I got, a, I got a short commute too. So. Sure. Um, but yeah, that movie was super fucking sexist. I really, now that I've like kind of previewed and, and saw like half of it, 
I really just want to get like super blazed and watch the whole thing. <laughs> I feel like it'd be hilarious, but uh, like you said, it almost hurt my eyes watching it. The like picture's so bad. And I wondered like how, like how many movies were released in the year 1936? Like what maybe a hundred? I don't know how 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 much was how much film production was going on as far as like movies being released like. I feel like now we have Netflix and it's just like show and movie overload, but this is probably a pretty prominent show that a lot of people or a movie that a lot of people saw, right? Maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know if there was like the concept of straight to TV or if this actually went to the theater. I mean, I got, I got 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if that was like a, a modern review or a 1936 review, but <laughs> not a fan favorite yeah it could, it could be either one um i saw that youtube had it listed as a dark comedy which i thought was pretty funny uh yeah i mean that present day that's probably pretty accurate dark comedy yeah i, mean, I, don't, I don't know how it was perceived in the in those times i mean i don't know I, I wouldn't know like i wouldn't want my kids to smoke pot i guess Right, like I understand, I understand the fear of kids smoking pot. Like, are it, you gonna are you gonna smoke pot when you have kids, or are you gonna stop until they turn eighteen? I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet. But you like, know, if you have it in the house anywhere, they're gonna find it. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'll find a good hiding spot. But I wonder. Uh, I mean, because for us, I mean drinking in high school was like accepted and the norm by your parents i mean by your parents but not by like most people's parents i don't know like oh, kids are just being kids they're stealing booze and drinking like pot was a whole nother issue why did you get caught with it no i never did i i told the truth and nothing but the truth i didn't smoke pot in high school uh, I feel, but I feel like the repercussions or the image of being smoking pot in in high school growing up, and I, I would assume for everywhere. Like, uh, I I feel like that perception's accurate that like pot is way worse. Yeah. To rural Minnesotan parents. <laughs> Which I agree. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't. I don't know what. Uh, my life would have looked like if I were smoking pot at 18 you know I'm glad that I waited until I was in my back half of my 20s to you know experiment my my young my young growing mind in my young 20s I might have who knows might have led my life down a different path yeah could have been a gateway could have been a gateway hard you drugs could be, you could be living under a bridge somewhere right now yeah who uh who would be your your choice celebrity to smoke pot with? Ooh. Um, let's fire off some some potheads. So we got uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah. We got who else? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. He might be he might be my winner. It'd be Snoop. Um. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen would be cool. He would make me laugh a lot. Like, once he gets going on his crazy machine gun laugh, I feel like I'd just be, like, busting up the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be an awesome one. Um, 
Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. No, I'd be self-conscious the whole time. Yeah. You think we look alike, bro? Like, everyone says that we look alike. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, I get that all the time. Uh, McConaughey. I think McConaughey would be mine. That'd be pretty dope. What yeah. would you what would you and McConaughey do? Is he from is he from Texas area? I just yeah. always envisioned Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, he is very very much from Texas. Okay. Um, he went to UT. Oh really? Okay. We got a UT here in Tennessee too, so I don't know if you get to claim that. Gotcha. That's Austin, right? Is that where the campus is? Yep. What would you guys do? You'd ride around, and I'd imagine Matthew McConaughey having a convertible Cadillac Coupe de Ville with like a Texas Longhorn on the front of it. I mean, maybe he probably drives a fucking Lincoln. And you guys are just what smoking pot, chasing tail. Yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, sure, that's that sounds enjoyable, but that's um, your dream. I don't know. I yeah, it'd be sweet to just ride around, shoot the shit with them. I don't know. At the same time, I kind of feel like he might get annoying high. <laughs> he already kind of talks like he's partially high. If he was like full blown, uh, I don't know. You're going to be annoyed with McConaughey? How do you think he's going to be stoked to be hanging with you? <laughs> you're, worried, you're worried about you getting annoyed with McConaughey? I'm worried about Snoop Dogg like, kicking me out of the party for like not being able to snap this bong or something. Well, this is my uh, yes, my fantasy. Awesome. So I, this is my fantasy, so I can create my own problems if I want to. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> McConaughey, you're kind of boring the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> Seen all your you've movies. Just been, you've just been sitting there for two hours. Get up and say <laughs> some. <laughs> uh, I'd be partying. I'd be partying with Snoop Dogg, dude. We'd be we'd be taking. We've been taking a sick ride to the Staples Center, going to a Lakers game, press box. That'd be dope. No, nah, he'd get me too. He'd get me too fucked up. I wouldn't be able to hang. I'm a lightweight. I'm like, yo, can you put a little CBD in there? <laughs> <laughs> yo, can you cut this for me? <laughs> oh man, Seth Rogen's got some cool stuff. You see? Did you look at that website? So now Seth Rogen has transitioned his career into uh making pots he's into ceramics and he dresses like uh like mr rogers carnigans i didn't see the carnigan picture but i did see the uh i went to his instagram yeah i saw him get interviewed on jimmy kimmel and he's uh now he does he does pottery to relax he just gets hot and he just gets hot he smokes pot gets high and uh does ceramics I mean, that sounds like a pretty cool uh, pastime. Yeah, he's got these cool little, you know, he gets a nice little smoking setup. He's like, so you can smoke with uh, with confidence and style. Yeah, he's got some interesting pieces here. What, uh, do you have any more, any more pot stuff to talk about? I had this tab open, but I'm not sure if it's such a hot topic anymore. Um, no, I don't think so. I can give my, uh, my strain review, but. Oh yeah. Let's hear about that. Um, let me find it here. 
Do, 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 so it is do. a Indica Dominant. Uh, emits a bouquet of gas and tart citrus that fills the room and coats the palate. Its uplifting mental buzz and relaxing physical effects make Blood Orange Kush a solid option for consumers looking to abate minor pain and elevate mood. Blood Orange Kush. Did I say that? Sorry, it's Blood Orange Kush is a strain. Um, it's got 4.5 out of 5... Uh, from Leafly, so. What do you is, that, is that your main, uh, so do you order from Leafly? No, I just go in there for the descriptions. I, why would I order? I go to a fucking dispensary down the street from me. I don't know what it's like, bro. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a minute. I don't know how this all works. Is that, does that description uh, feel accurate? Uh, it feels accurate. I can't really get the bouquet of gas and tart citrus. Because I'm smoking in a PAX, and uh, after a couple uh, couple times, it, everything just tastes the same. It tastes like burnt burnt weed, pretty much. Yeah, that's an interesting description, the explosion of gas. It is. A bouquet of gas. Bouquet of gas. Yeah. Um, I, I would recommend. I'm going to give it... Where did I give the last one? I came in hot with the last one. Yeah, you're in the nines, bro. <laughs> I feel like, dude, this is this is weed. It's really hard to find bad weed. It's this is all gonna be like <laughs> nine point five plus. <laughs> there was one. There was one that I had a couple weeks ago. It was a cartridge. It tasted like ass. I don't know what it was, but I would have given that one like a low eights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I gave last week's 9.5. I'm gonna give this one. <laughs> like a, I'm gonna give it like a 9.1. It's 9.1. Okay. It's good. Right. I really like it. A minus, huh? <laughs> you're like you're like four star Matthew. All right, you wanna hear about this beer I'm drinking? I'm on a I'm on a lemon sour kick. This is a the lemon drop. Session Sour Ale. It's a tart session ale brewed with lemon, ginger, and rosemary. Uh, this brewery is called Highwire Brewing. They're out of Asheville, North Carolina. My uh, my number three home to Bend and and Denver. Cool beer. It's a cocktail-inspired lemon drop session sour ale crafted as suitable all-season crusher. This refreshingly crisp fruited sour beer was brewed with lemon, ginger, rosemary, leading bright notes of lemon, citrus, and a slight ginger spice with the perfect amount of pine and rosemary. Uh, it, is a, it is a delightful beer. Lemon drop session, easy drinking, feels good on a hot summer day, and I'm in summer vibes uh, here in springtime in Nashville. It's good. It's just... I feel like when I'm paying high dollar for like a nice craft beer, I kind of want something that's like not 4.2%, and this is 4.2%. So it's like I want something that I'm gonna get get a little buzz on, you know. I feel like I can have have a couple of these and not really feel much. Yeah. So I'm going uh, I'm going eight one.
some good beer some good beer archives here i can't wait to see this list is this on is this on the google docs yeah it's on the the sheet Dope. um cool any uh closing remarks not really you got anything big going on this week Mm. st patrick's day you gonna go out on st patty's uh maybe i'll probably go riding maybe i'll wear like a green something i don't know uh st patrick's day big uh cleat dog's birthday is it yeah what's the big number this year oh gosh i don't know he didn't he doesn't want me to say yeah keeps yeah. it private well yeah. happy birthday cletus hope you have a good one um yeah, man. Other than that, just let's see what do we got. I got a, I got a handful of tours scheduled this week. Uh, Sarah's parents are coming into town, so I'm gonna take them Ooh. on a walking tour, and uh, final final visit here in Nashville before we leave. So they're gonna be here through the weekend. So I'm sure we'll have some good food and go out to eat. And, and are you gonna them. are you gonna invite them to to do the tour through Airbnb? Uh, we're gonna do a walking tour. I don't like. Legit, I don't even know if I'm going to take you on a golf cart tour when you come here because I just I feel like these carts are no joke going to fall apart like mid tour sometimes. So now, right. yeah, we're just going to do a walking tour and yeah, I'll probably schedule it through Airbnb, give them the, the family discount though. Yeah, and so then they'll be able to rate you. Yeah, and yeah. Your your future in laws will be able to rate you in an app. Yeah. Are you are you nervous about that? No, nah, I'm sure it's going to be all five stars. <laughs> no, no nerves here bro i got this all right well good luck to you on that can't wait to no, can't no. wait to hear the results we didn't talk about a research topic or uh or a documentary or something you got something on the fly oh boy on the fly um, we could go we could go uh who killed the electric car we were talking about maybe transitioning into uh i don't know if this would work but we talked about elon musk at some point um but there's a documentary out there from i want to say it was almost in the 90s or early 2000s that gm had a prototype for an electric car and for whatever reason they scratched the plans and had an opportunity to be pioneers in the electric car industry and and failed is that is that on netflix yeah i think so yeah that could be cool so you want to limit to like electric cars in general because i feel like elon musk could have his own research topic that dude's nuts 2006 film who killed the electric car uh it's on it's on youtube uh you can watch now for free okay so yeah, just that. watch that and review it yeah watch that and review it and then if that leads into some elon musk talking that'll be cool so if anyone listening wants to watch it's on youtube who killed the electric car that's our next research topic nice good good plug feels good i i don't remember if i said this but i feel like at one point we should rewatch and review tiger king how many episodes was it uh i think it's either eight or ten shit i'll run i'll run it by sarah see if we can see it. it it would be my it would be my vote or not if i could sit through another that was, i mean that was entertaining we're probably about on the year anniversary right like didn't that come uh, out like, yeah it was yeah probably all right 
It's we'll, we'll have it on the discussion table. Did you run, watch run it up the play? Did, did you watch Tread? No, I, you didn't tell me what it was about. I'm not just gonna go click on a movie if I don't know anything about it. Uh, Drew Drew introduced this to me. He's a uh, he's our number one fan. I think he doesn't have a whole lot going on in his sabbatical in uh, Columbia. So he's like, because I messaged you today. I was like, did episode nine come out? Because Drew's always texting me like, yo, where's when's it coming out? When's it coming out? I'm like, hold on, fanboy, it's coming. Uh, oh, I didn't think you were me. serious about the fan mail. Sorry, Drew. It's it's coming. It's on the the cutting room floor. Takes a while to edit up, and I I'm sorry. I've just been dropping the ball. Well, he's he's not gonna be happy after we roasted him about his dance, his dancing and lime crashing. But yeah, he, uh, he he brought up Tread for us to to watch and review, which I mean maybe we could do that too. So it's this uh, it's this guy in Colorado. I don't remember Granby, Granby, Colorado, uh, ex-military. Moved in, started a muffler shop. He was a welder. He was like a really good welder. Uh, started a muffler shop. And then over time, living in this town, moving into this town, just developed like everyone's out to get him kind of mentality. Like the whole city's out to get him. And there was some shit about like hit, setting up a septic line to his business. And he created this whole like fake narrative of like everyone's out to get him and uh, ended up ended up destroying this whole town with a huge bulldozer. Like he coated it in steel and cement and like barricaded himself in and literally went on a rampage in this small town and, and pretty much tore down the entire town. Damn. They couldn't stop. Dope. Did you, you watch it? I did, but I'll, I'll, I'll go in and, and, and dig up some stuff and talk about it. You want to go on that instead of who killed the electric car? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's, let's talk about tread. Cause it was, I mean, it's fucking nuts. It's crazy. All right. This one's for you, Drew. We're going to do Tread next week. We'll do Electric Cars the following week. All right. I like it. Cool. All right. All right, uh, people. Got... Thanks for stopping by. What? Oh, I was going to say, I have to pee like a racehorse. we got to wrap this up. Oh, same. Thanks for stopping by. Justin, we'll talk to you next week. Peace, dude. Later.